0: Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week.
0: We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. Well, today we're kicking off uh, this new series called Testify, and this is... uh, I believe something that's going to bless us all quite a bit but i was reading in the word revelations 12 11, a few weeks ago and this scripture just hit my spirit and it hasn't left and it says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death so i want us to pray and I just want to share a short a short message today uh, so that I can have some wonderful people in the church here share their testimony with you. But let's pray. Father, for the next few minutes, Lord, we just ask that, Lord, you, your presence just continue to be evident in this place. Lord, anoint the words I'm about to speak. And for every person who's going to share part of their testimony, bless them as they take that step of faith today. And use it to bless all of our lives today. We thank you. For this in Jesus' name. Everybody say together, Amen. amen. St. Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel to everybody and use words only if necessary. I love that quote. And I believe what he was saying is that a living example of the gospel is always more effective than our words. Some people may argue with you about doctrine or the interpretation of scripture, people will argue about all sorts of things when it comes to Christianity and religion, but unless they believe you're a liar, they can't argue your testimony. I mean, if they just think you're a liar, there's not much you can do, but that's pretty rare unless you give them a reason, right? But nobody can argue your testimony. What is a testimony? You know, I do this as a pastor. I'm like, what, what do these words even mean? I look it up. You know, The first definition is a legal one. It's a declaration made orally by a witness under, under oath in court. Oh, yeah, that testimony. But in terms of Christianity, what, when we say a testimony, and what does the word mean? Because if you look all throughout Scripture in the Old and New Testament, the word testimony appears many, 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 many times. And what it really talks about in Christianity is to tell the story of how you became a Christian or to share what God has done in your life. Your testimony is powerful. It's a gift God has given you. And with that gift comes really a duty to share with other people. Do you know the biggest lie the enemy is going to do for you always? Is to make you think your testimony doesn't have any value or power. Do you know why? Because Revelation has already revealed how powerful your testimony actually is. That they overcame the enemy, the devil. This is what Revelation was talking about. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That it wasn't just the blood of the lamb. The word of the testimony was the, the delivery device that was coated in the blood of Jesus to destroy the works of the enemy. Your testimony is extremely powerful because the blood and the price Jesus paid on the cross is the first part. That's the power source. But you are the vessel and your testimony is the tool, the, 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 the weapon, if you will, that comes forth. That's why it says the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Your testimony is like a sword to the enemy because you are declaring the things that are in heaven as they are on earth. And you are a living example just as Jesus himself was. Do you know that when Jesus went about, they would argue and say, whose authority are you here on? All the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people, it's, who, who do you think you are saying you're the Son of God? You know what Jesus constantly said? Look at my works. Look at my testimony. I'm not just doing this in word, only let me tell you that my works are the proof, they are the testimony of my words. Faith without works is dead, according to the book of James. So we see that your story is actually his story. Your story is his story when we talk in terms of your testimony because you have surrendered your life to Christ. You have said, God, (coughs) come and take my life. Use me. I surrender to you, God. Do whatever you want to do through me. And there's a transformation that takes place. You are born again. The old man has died. The new nature is emerging. Your story is now his story. That's why it's so powerful, because it's not just you talking. Sometimes we think, well, yeah, I did that. I did this. I made that choice. I made the decision. And yes, without Christ, that's out of the flesh. And I agree, it probably doesn't have much power. But when you're in Christ, now your decision-making is married to the direction and power of the Holy Spirit you can't separate it. When you commit your heart to Jesus, you become that new creation. You keep it to yourself, you you can't release it to the hurting world. If you hold it in, it's like the very thing God's given you is not being released and doing the work that it's caused to do. But on the inside of you, your testimony is that light that can go into any darkness and create life. It's the thing that can destroy change. It's the thing that can look a hurting, dying person in the eye and say, I understand what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. I can see death all over you i know it because i lived it let me tell you but there's a savior and look what he did for me and i should be dead right now but i'm not and he'll do the same for you hallelujah your testimony can't be stopped nothing can connect with the human heart better than your personal experience people can argue about science and politics and oh god don't they they have entire news networks just for this process to argue, to take a stance, to say our side's better than your side. But in the end, everybody ends on their own sides typically, right? It's an argument. There's other things. Philosophy is this way. Sports can be that way. You know, not as heavy things can be that way too, but, but people can argue about anything. But let me say something. No one can argue with your personal experience. Nobody they can't take it away from you. I Now, I could stand up here and tell you Jesus heals the blind. The Bible says so. And I could look at a non-believer and say, do you know Jesus is alive? They'd be like, who's Jesus? So I tell them who Jesus is. Do you know he's alive? Where is he? I don't see him. No, he's alive. He's in heaven. Where's heaven? I don't know what heaven is. Okay, let me explain. So you can talk and talk. But Jesus walked the earth and he healed the blind. And not only that, he'll heal the blind today. And they'd be like, nah, no, no, he won't. What? Yes, He will. No, He won't. Yes, He will. No, He won't. Right? I mean, it's just an argument. How are you going to win that argument? But if I can tell you a story, let me give you one little testimony from my life. I was in Africa. I went to a church. I was preaching, and they brought a blind eight-year-old boy, and I said the same thing to him that I'm saying to you. And they brought that blind boy up here, and I had never seen a blind eye opened in my life but I by faith held on to that word and when they brought the blind child up the pastor put tons of anointing on my hand and I just laid my hands on his eyes and I said God open his eyes and then I stopped I said do you see he says no I prayed again do you see no so I walked away the pastor said no keep praying the mama said you didn't pray hard enough so I said we're praying again (laughs) and we prayed again and again nothing happened finally I was allowed to leave pray for some more people but I never saw that blind eye open now if I stop the story right there how many know I didn't encourage one person in fact I encouraged the other thought yeah Jesus doesn't heal the blind see but here's what happened about 60 seconds later I hear screaming I, I hear commotion and I run back and that little boy is leaned against the wall terrified because pupils had been formed in his eyes where previously they were milky and were totally blind he was blind from birth he had never seen color light anything and it terrified him at first because he didn't know what was happening it was like an explosion can you imagine I, i can't what that would be like if all you've seen is black your whole life and all of a sudden everything is real and you're trying to connect sound with sight and crazy experience but his mother came and she said baby 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 she's mama mama and he's looking at her and he put his hand on her face and felt her face because that's how uh he could tell that was his mother he could feel her face he said mama that's you that's what you look like and it was beautiful god totally healed that boy in front of me and hundreds of other people and we celebrated now here let me why did i tell you that story number one it's a cool story but number two it's you can't tell me that didn't happen i lived it i saw it i prayed for the boy i have it on video you can't tell me it didn't happen and so whenever somebody said god God doesn't heal the blind i my testimony overcomes that demon you overcome by the blood and the word of your testimony but if we're so timid and shy, here's what the enemy tries to get you to do make you feel like your, your testimony is worthless. It wasn't, doesn't mean anything. It's not that impacting. It's not going to minister to anybody. That's what the enemy's trying to do to Christianity since the day he got tossed out of heaven. Anybody who followed God, he's trying to lie and discourage and keep them from running and speaking the truth that God has put on their life. But can I tell you something? Your testimony cannot be stopped you are a representative of jesus on the earth and your testimony bears witness to the holy spirit so when you share this is what god did in my life nobody can take that from you now they can say i don't believe it well that's their choice and they're pretty much calling you a liar but they can't steal it from you they can't say that didn't happen And you will have more boldness with your story than you will ever have by just quoting the scripture by itself. Well, the Bible says this, but if someone says, have you ever seen it? And you'd be like, no, I don't don't know if it's real. I just hope it is. And that's not a bad place when you start your faith walk. Because you can hope on that, and it's going to happen. But when you watch God transform your life, take you out of sin take you out of temptation, take you out of things that you were like, there's no way I could have gotten free without Jesus Christ. And you start telling somebody that. Then when you read that scripture, that's the blood part. The scripture is the blood bought word of God. You marry that to your testimony. You have just confirmed something that nobody on earth can ever take away. And you can look them right in the eye and say, I know where you are because I've been you, but let me Tell you what God has done for me come on somebody praise God for your testimony Jesus said in John 10 if you do the works of my if, if I do not do the works of my father do not believe me but if I do though you do not believe me believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I am in him it's your testimony Your words aren't enough. Now, if I told somebody God can heal the blind, they say, well, I'm not going to believe it unless he heals me right here. I'm not going to hang my hat on that because even the Bible says that that's a wicked generation that just wants to see a sign. But your testimony can be shared every time. And many times your testimony plows the field of faith. So that somebody who didn't have faith at all all of a sudden there's a crack in the door and the holy spirit can work through that in a very powerful way and that's what jesus said if, you, if i don't do the works of my father don't believe me but if i do even though you don't believe what i'm saying you have to believe my works your testimony is the works your testimony is irrefutable it can't be taken away in mark 16 these signs will follow those who believe In my name they'll cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And in verse 20, they went out, they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's God's promise for you, that your testimony will be accompanied. I can't tell you how many times i've had those moments where i was able to share with somebody a testimony but then the holy spirit just invaded that moment amen okay so everybody ready for some good testimonies today so we have three people today that we're gonna have share and uh, i'm gonna ask them just to come to the front right now it's uh grant kim and jim and we're gonna have them just share for a moment from their heart And uh, would you guys welcome all three of them? Just come on to the front, you guys. Jim, I'm going to have you go first, brother. I think what I read when I read your testimony. Let's go ahead and just grab, you can grab any one of those mics right there. Hand one to Jim if you could. I don't know how I follow this. (laughs) You're going to do great. Everybody give Jim a hand of appreciation.
2: Preach, uh, Jim. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm not a public speaker. I'm, I'm more of a non-public speaker. Uh, about uh, so many years ago, seems like a long time, that we started getting involved in the uh, charismatic things, and uh, at that time, uh, we were going to a lot of classes. We were going, to, we were educating ourselves and experiencing a lot of things. We were, uh, we were even privileged to hear Catherine Coleman in person and a few others that, uh, uh, made an influence upon us. Uh, we went to a small church at that time, and this pastor was quite, uh, he had quite an anointing on him. So we, we, uh, we, I started catching people. I was ushering, and we were catching people, and it's kind of interesting how that uh, uh, there would be guest ministers would come, and these guest ministers would lay hands on these people, and sometimes they would fall, sometimes they wouldn't, and often wondered why. But this pastor, he would walk up, and if they hadn't fallen, all he had to do is put his finger on the other person, and they would they would they would fall, and it was. Uh, was interesting the anointing that he had that got me interested in it and being of an inquisitive mind uh, we were kind of following it Uh, we even when I I remember catching a guy that kind of when the Spirit of God hit him he raised a foot up and straight up in the air and his lasses fell across the room so so it's experiences like that that, uh, uh, well, you have to be attentive, <laughs> and uh, that, that it's kind of interesting. And you start trying to figure out things in the Holy Spirit, because every church service, it seemed like, at that time, there were people that, uh, particularly ministers, that would come, and they'd ask anyone once a prayer and they would just line them up and everybody would be going down. Well, then after along, along the, as time went on, he heard a lot of talk about people complaining about, well, are these people really falling, you know? They really have needs, what's going on? Is there a courtesy drop, you know? And used to hear that courtesy drop a lot. So at that time we were going to a larger church, and they—they they, well, was involved in the same thing. They uh, uh, had a week; of, they had a whole week of meetings, and the same thing was going on. People were lining up in the church. There were more people coming. One night, uh, they had uh, so many people lined up. They were in the halls, they were uh, everywhere you look, up and down the aisles, in the halls, and we were catching them. And I started wondering how many of these people really uh, had needs, you know? Or were they just courtesy courtesy dropping? So I decided to, uh, one night, Uh, It was a particularly busy night. And we had probably caught about several hundred people or probably a lot more. And uh, I decided, well, I'm going to put God to the test. So uh, after all this was over, I went and got on the end of the line. And I decided I'm not going to fall. I'm going to find out whether this is real for everybody, as I don't feel like I have a need, but I'm gonna find out. So he come to me, I was the last one, put his finger on my forehead, nothing happened. He put his other hand on my forehead, nothing happened, and then he touched my belly, and I went out like a light. Don't remember a thing. So, I decided that, uh, I thought about that for a while. And then I decided, well, there's, uh, uh, th- there's I kind of felt that some, still some people were saying, the spirit is in the unconscious mind. The spirit's in the heart, spirit's in the belly you know i thought well it's not really trying to, trying to figure this out so i decided that uh, the best thing to do would be to just surrender to god just keep surrendering his ways and let him be the one to do it the way he wants to do it and that was the that was probably the best attitude and if you don't, that's kind of my testimony that from then on, I just surrender and let God do it the way he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, how many people have, have you seen God heal the right way every time? Yeah. You know, it's always a little different. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Well, I want to thank Aaron and Terry for letting me share this uh, and go from there and then just start out by just saying that um, I just thank the Lord for his endless pursuit uh, of me and just that he He reigns over all, just over his um, His power, over every force of darkness. Um, it's all his, everything on the earth is his, us included. Um, so I share this testimony from a place of victory uh, in Jesus uh, and also as an overcomer. Um, so... In the past, uh, I struggled with viewing pornography. Um, I knew that it was wrong, and um, the, or, the door I'd opened, rather, the enemy, it gave him a, a foothold. Uh, it wasn't hard to break. It was actually really hard to break. Um, it reminded me of what uh, one of my friends said, who's a, he's also a pastor. He said, you know, Grant, um, you don't get to choose what demons you come into agreement with when... Um, you choose to sin when you come to, into agreement with that sin. You know who said that, Sandy? Um, <clears throat> and so I knew it was wrong. I knew that I needed to get out of it. Uh, and I tried, and I kept failing. I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, I felt guilt, shame, unworthiness because uh, of this choice. Uh, I knew something had to change, so I cried out to the Lord for help, and he heard me. So he showed me the depth, really where he started, of just the the depths of sexual sin, um, how, um, the, the effects that it has really, and that I need to be set free from and actually what to do to be set free from it. Um, so I got rid of the device that I, you know, watch things on. I shouldn't be looking at, um, and just start to seek him more diligently in prayer. Like, okay, Lord, I'm taking this step. I don't want to do this. What's next? Um, so again, he's just, he's faithful <laughs> as he heard me and he set me free from it. So he started breaking things off, um, of me that were not of him. And then from that, it was his kindness that really drew me in and I was able to repent. And not only that, get rid of unworthiness and actually receive his forgiveness. So after that, then he started giving me strategy. Like, okay, so you're this far, uh, what are you going to do when the temptation comes back? Because how many of you guys know that when you're really, trying to make a step in the right direction. It's like, man, the temptation just gets worse, and it's worse, and it's heavier because the enemy knows, like, ah, they're about to break free from it. I don't want to let them go. I don't want to let that foothold go. Um, So he gave me strategy to resist the temptation, and I did. Uh, And the enemy fled, as it says in James 4, 7. So I just thank the Lord for his endless love, uh, his grace, his forgiveness, for setting me free from that. Um, and just uh, really just a reminder that the blood of Jesus it covers all sin, not just big ones, little ones. However you want to think about them, it's it's all of it. Um, <clears throat> so really, I just I want to I'd like to pray uh, for anyone over in the church who's here, or who's watching, uh, who might be struggling with pornography. There's statistics I wanted to share with you. This one was kind of a a poll style t- uh, statistic. Is a few years ago, but it actually said that um, nearly 70% of church-going, so like, you know, different denominations, but within the church, 70% of men struggle with this in the church, not just people that are unbelievers, believers. And then even last year, this is only one statistic, mind you, so, you know, you don't have more to compare to, but as of 2022, this number is almost 90, 90, Nine out of 10 people are struggling with this. So... I, uh, when I say this prayer, I just want you guys to know that I pray these things from a place of victory, but also of authority because of one who's overcome the powers of darkness that are related to pornography. Um, so, <clears throat> Lord, I just pray that um, that people would be set free from this, Lord. I thank you for the power that you have, Lord, for your righteousness, Lord, and that you, you want people to be free, Lord. You want them to be free, experience all that you have for them, Lord. I pray directly against any spirit of lust, perversion, control, Jezebel. I also pray against spirits of unworthiness, shame, and fear that are holding people back from repenting and being set free in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just open the heavens, Lord, just release your power and your healing, Lord, of anyone who is struggling with this, Lord, break things off of them, Lord, that are not of them. I command all of these spirits to go. Go in the name of Jesus that you are not welcome here. You have no place here. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, of the things of you. Guide us and lead us, Lord, so we can walk in all of the things, Lord, that you have called us into and also created us for. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: So um, first and foremost, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the voice to speak and to share my story. And second, I hope that it helps someone see that it's never too late, that you don't have to live alone. Truly, I have so many testimonies to share, but the one that I chose, I'm going to try my hardest to sum up. It's the topic of depression. Within the definition of depression, there are words like sadness, despair, loneliness, and even guilt. To break one down even more is despair which is defined as the complete loss or absence of hope. Yep, sounds about right. Something that I've dealt with since my preteen years. I just never labeled or faced it. Honestly, until right now, I've never put the admittance on paper or in the air. I just used to deal with it. Sometimes the sadness in my life was due to school, kids, friends, family, and sometimes life. It just gets to you. But to get into those scars, I would need a book with several chapters so apparently the prayers that my mom and others were saying for me truly helped because through all of those teen years and a young adult life there was plenty of bad choices choices that almost landed me lifeless due to either being in the wrong place at the wrong time or because of a really bad decision i've seen some pretty scary stuff that i don't wish on anyone even though i've known who jesus was since i was young i grew up in a methodist church here in parker and then as a teen started attending a small church with my sister at the senior center. This was the first time that I truly embraced the fact that Jesus died for me and rose again and that my sins were forgiven by repentance. But my flesh got the best of me and I once again drifted. Music was always there for me. It always just gave me a way of feeling better. Some of my favorites range from Luther Vandross, The Gap Band, Green Day, Janet Jackson, Wu Tang, BB and CC Wyans, Kirk Franklin. You guys get it, I like music. My dad's an amazing singer and drummer, so I grew up around his talent. I danced for years, played the flute, and even tried my hand at rapping. But I just couldn't get out of those shadows. I had to figure out another way to be involved in music without being so fearful. So I decided to go the route of becoming a recording engineer. I liked it a lot, but my life got sidetracked, and I lost focus and also ended up having to have several surgeries. Partly due to playing sports like a crazy person, and partly due to accidents that I couldn't avoid. So I stuck with what I knew, which is business in the sales world, which I am still in today. After my first surgery, I could no longer play the sports that I loved, and I was no longer chasing my dream in school. That turned into self-medicating with substance, or self-pity, or excuse, and eventually caused me to dig the biggest hole that I had ever seen You've all heard that the term misery loves company, right? Yeah, I truly, truly embrace that term. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm stru- I'm stubborn, I'm hard headed, but strong hearted. I will do anything for those that I love. But those depths of emotion also spill over into the anger, the fear, and that despair that I mentioned earlier. It caused the chains to become so deeply rooted that I felt truly enslaved by them. During the past five years, I tragically lost my mom, my grandfather, my father-in-law, a great family friend who was like a sister. And as a mom, I watched my daughter lose several friends to suicide and car accidents. In turn, this created even more despair, and now I had had to come to terms with how much it was affecting not just me, but my family. I didn't want to admit and deal with the issues. I tried to tuck them away, and by doing so, I had welcomed it into my daughter's life. That's tough. So after realizing that, then on came the guilt and the blame and the cycle continued. My daughter is amazing. I'll do anything for her. And after all of this and what COVID brought, she went through some things herself. That's her story, not mine. I hope she shares it with you guys one day. But now it just so happened to be the time for her to go to college. She wanted to play college volleyball and have that experience. And I truly wanted that for her. So I helped make recruitment videos help do the research, hoping that this new page would maybe be the story that would help her get through things, and in return, it would also make me feel better too. Well, depression hit me like a continuous wave, more like a tsunami, and I felt like I was literally drowning. Life became heavy. I remember one of the times talking to Pastor Aaron on the phone, I literally used those terms to him. But Christ, like he always does, told me to get up. He told me to keep fighting. It was during that time I was told about Expect Hope Church with my sister-in-law, by my sister-in-law, and instantly felt a pull from God. He was like, come on, check it out. You know, what do you have to lose? I remember seeing Pastor Aaron in 2007, somewhere around there, and I had never forgotten how he used the gladiator movie clips to explain the armor of Christ, and I thought it was the coolest thing, and I told so many people. I'm like, dude, this, this pastor, he's gladiator. You know, so it really sunk into me, And so I definitely wanted to see what this was about since I had heard that he and Terry and his family were steering the ship that God had put in this direction. God's voice was even louder than before. It was the obedience to God's work and love and the hope that this church family had showed me and that I felt instantly that allowed me to truly lay it down at his feet. Only something so amazing and supernatural could feel like this. It's God's love. I realize that knowing God and having a relationship with Him are two entirely different things. To know Him is amazing, but to have relations with the Lord is fulfilling, enlightening, slate-cleaning, healing, and unwavering. The words that have been preached by this church family have stirred my soul and have taught me how to truly start and end with Christ. I am still working on it daily and will be until my time is done and I will leave this earth. But with Christ in the mix, hope is present. The music and sports and other things that I used to help navigate life's darkness never had Christ at the center of it, sorry. That is why it was temporary and never truly filled any void. So the storm no longer sticks around. Sometimes it doesn't even rain after the thunder because of the love of Jesus is unlike any other feeling. It has restored me in a way that I never thought was possible and I can't wait to see what he plans to do for me in his kingdom. Jesus' love has broken the chains of depression for me. He's given me the confidence to join the worship team to sing in his name and has pushed me to speak to you all today and has shown me that I, too, deserve grace and forgiveness and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and always being there. And thank you, Expect Hope family, for capturing what being a person of God is by truly showing me the love and guidance I needed.
0: awesome thank you thank you let's stand to our feet nikita may you come up for a moment let's pray oh father we just thank you thank you for these testimonies today can we just just take a moment as we conclude our our service god i'm so thankful for jim what he shared in his experience with you lord for that moment where he was testing you himself saying god is this real and you showed yourself real father i thank you for the deliverance you brought Grant with the battle and pornography, that as he shared the statistics, 80, 90% of men struggle. Father, I thank you. There's deliverance for these things. But I thank you so much for that testimony Kim just shared. Father, what a powerful, just powerful illustration of your love and grace. And Father I thank you that these stories are not over but Lord these stories that we heard today are just the beginning and Lord if you can do it for them if you can do it for Jim if you can do it for Grant if you can do it for Kim you can do it for us in Jesus name so Father we thank you that Lord we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony I thank you for these testimonies today thinking they've encouraged people in jesus name can we say together amen i just want to say this you know as you hear and I, I want to say thank you again to everyone who shared today and who will share for the next few weeks it's a step of faith to share you, you're putting yourself you're being vulnerable you're putting yourself out there you're maybe never speaking in a mic before and there's all these factors but let me tell you something that that is a powerful thing not just for this moment but for you to understand how impacting that is this is a testing moment a testing ground even for your testimony to be heard because it needs to be shared over and over and over again and i want to say grant as you shared brother i want to say if there's guys in this room today that could say that i i struggle with that no one knows do you know you can go to someone like grant even one-on-one or in private he'll pray with you there's breakthrough in that if you felt depression and you said you could go to kim say kim will you pray with me because i know what you mean when you say the storms are like tsunamis and i want to be free like god is delivering you this isn't about kim being perfect or grant being perfect or if you go to jim and say i want a touch of the holy spirit like you had touch my belly jim come on I want twofold. Those of you who shared, I want you to start thinking like this and stepping out in boldness. And those of you who are listening to this, I want you to start understanding the power of God's grace in every area of your life. You are victorious in Jesus' name. Come on, let's praise God for that today. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast.
1: Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through.
0: Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.